because I did that for a long time, but then it came in the cycle, right? Where like my skin would get worse. My period would last longer. I'd have worse cramps. Now my stomach is feeling off. So you have to be just conscious of every single phase and what you should be eating and not eating. Miss Val Emanuel, thank you so much for hopping on. I'm so excited to talk with you. Thank you for having me. So I found you by creeping through your TikTok. I came across this one video that I found so, so interesting. But before we get into that, for my listeners who don't know you, who haven't crept on your TikTok like I have, can you just give us a little breakdown of what's important to you? Yeah, definitely. Um, So my name is Val. I'm 31 years old. I'm a mother. And I think, you know, I've always been an activist. I've always cared about the environment. I've always cared about health. And I never knew that there was a way that I could bridge the things that I cared about and speaking to my community. A lot of us know how toxic Instagram is. And I feel like it was just very much snippets of my life. And so I got on TikTok about six months ago and I just started talking about women's health. I started talking about my period care company, Riff Care. I started talking about motherhood and really just everything having to do with, with, with women and women's bodies. And so that started to catch on. And now I have a community of women, I think over 78,000 women who follow me and they just want to know like what, not even just what I'm thinking, but the information that I'm presenting them to them that they maybe have not been presented before. So that's why I love TikTok. It's such an educational platform. My friend and I were actually having a really cool conversation because we were talking about healing and the concepts of spiritual healing and learning through our traumas and My friend brought up the concept of how she has learned so much through TikTok that has allowed her to dive deeper into her own personal healing. The ability to learn and grow and heal ourselves has almost become more, uh, not more acceptable, but easier because we have that content at our fingertips. And it really comes back down to awareness. And if you're aware of the concepts of, I had a parent who was XYZ. Therefore I might have emotional trauma that is XYZ. And this is how I can learn from it. It's that, that awareness that allows us to grow. And I think that's, what's so beneficial about TikTok. And I think that's what you're really seeing with your audience as well. And what you're sharing. Yeah, for sure. You know what I call my TikTok really is it's like my close friend story, but for some reason I decided to make it public. And so I tell people that I meet sometimes they're like, Oh, let me see it. I'm like, Hmm. For some reason, I don't know why TikTok, I feel so okay being vulnerable. Like even the people I date, I'm like, ah, don't go on there. I think it's a great platform because it really does take down the filters that Instagram had on. And it takes down all these, you know, Photoshop elements and the perfection that was expected on Instagram. But I think it's allowed us to be a lot more real and open and vulnerable. And on the other side of that, it's allowed us to also find information that can change our life, find information that can make us healthier and happier at a balanced level, of course, as long as we're not scrolling for too many hours. But I do want to bring it back to that video that really made me so excited to talk to you in the first place. And that was that video talking about believe it was period sinking or cycling and how our how as women we have four different cycles or stages of our one bigger, grander cycle. And that's something that is news to me. If anything, I've heard of this once or twice in the past year or so. So can you dive a little bit about, can you dive a little bit into that video and kind of describe what you were talking about there? 
Yeah, for sure. So I actually, you know, was reading the news one morning and before I had my period care company, I had a talent agency and I was reading the news and one of my models was featured as raising $3.5 million from Peter Thiel for a new period tracking app. And I just went to her Instagram and I slid in her DM and I congratulated her. And I was like, it's so funny because I'm reading about your app and it talks about the different cycles of your hormones and your period. And I said, this is something I've been really into. I'm going to make a video about your app. And I just thought I would do it for her. I didn't think it would go viral or anything. And it just happened to blow up. I, I did the video. I went to go take my daughter swimming and I came back and it had like 200,000 views in an hour. And that's never happened to me before. I've gone viral before, but that's never happened. So I was like, wow, she's really, she's really on to something. And like I said, because I have a period here company, I'd been studying women's menstrual cycles. The, the real problem with women is that we have a data disparity, right? We make all human life, yet there's so many things we don't know about hormones, about our bodies, about ovulation, about testosterone's effect on our life. Like you think we have information, but we don't have as much as we should have because we also don't have solutions. There haven't been changes to things like birth control and, you know, treatments for PCOS since the sixties. So we need more information so that we can make more informed decisions. We can get better medications. We can, you know, live naturally and we can live better just generally. Um, and so, yeah, I was just talking about the different phases and how every single phase you basically have different ways that your bodies react, that our bodies react to hormones. And I swear the amount of DMS I got, the amount of saves that video has, it probably has like 60,000 saves now, but it's just information that people aren't getting from the mainstream media. Not from the mainstream media, not from schooling, not in really any forms of education. And I saved that video and I'm 25 years old. I've had a period for over 10 years now. And here I am just learning that there's four different parts of our period. So when it comes to these four different parts of our period, what are they? And what are we really supposed to be doing during each cycle, during each part of the cycle? Yeah. So I'm going to tell you, so the app, it's called 28 Wellness. I realized I did not include it before, but so there's the menstrual cycle, which we all know, which is probably the only cycle we know. Right. And so during mm -hmm. the menstrual cycle, that's when you're shedding the lining of your uterus, you didn't get pregnant and your body's like, we don't need this anymore. The next one is the follicular phase. And so in this phase, it basically stimulates egg development. So your body needs to be healthy. You need to be eating foods that are, you know, good. In fact, this is the time also when, um, because your testosterone and your estrogen are rising back up, like you can do certain exercises, you feel more energetic. Um, you also have your highest levels of happy hormones starting to come in at the end of this, because then you're going into the luteal phase. So during this phase, this is when you're about to release your eggs. So your body's just getting ready to do that really big pop. And also your egg is growing. So your egg starts off as this really, really tiny, like can't even see it on a microscope. And actually during this phase, once your egg comes out, it starts to grow to make it more um, fertile for sperm to come and um, penetrate it. Okay. So next is your ovulation, which you all know, this is a time where you're super horny. You might be tempted to call that guy back because your hormones right now, like your sex hormones are just at the peak. So you're going through ovulation. It's the most fantastic time in your life. They're like, you know, you're all confident. You can go out there. Your skin is glowing, all of that. And then you hit your luteal phase. Now, if you're like me and you have PMDD or any type of extreme PMS, luteal phase might be the time where you're more depressed. You're more, um, you know, you're not willing to go out as much all of your, all of your hormones really are dipping during this time. So that's why you can have 
things like migraines, things like, you know, really craving more food. And during these times, you should also be eating more fiber and less sugar so that you can be helping your body kind of process this hormone change. So there's so many things we don't know. Like Mm. I said, we're still learning, but I think that there's, you know, apps like 28 and there's, um, there's other books that are talking about the ways that we can nourish ourselves during these cycles. Yeah. Yeah. So there's so many elements to really take into account for each cycle from how we should be exercising and moving our body, but also what we should be eating. So what I want to do is I also have the four cycles right here is I just want to do a quick rundown of kind of how we should be treating our body during each cycle. So let's start with menstruation and the week of the period. When it's the week of your period, what exercises should we really be doing? And then how should we be fueling our body? What should we be eating? Oh yeah, for sure. So during my period week, I used to be thinking that I was just um, maybe like a little wimp and I need to be doing everything the same. Like I didn't want to stop doing my CrossFit. I didn't want to stop running, but I'm actually now learning that during your period, the reason you should be more easy on yourself is just because your body is literally going through things. You have more inflammation uh, because of hormone changes. So you should be having uh, more lean proteins. So for me, that's going to be like tofu. Um, I barely eat eggs, but I just started eating eggs again, more fruits and vegetables than you would normally eat, especially if you're craving sweet, you can have things like carrots, you can have things like sweet potato. And of course it's like, we're going to want chocolate chip cookies, but those things can actually make your period feel worse. Mm -hmm. So I don't suggest just completely feeding into your period cravings because I did that for a long time, but then it came in the cycle, right? Where like my skin would get worse. My period would last longer. I have worse cramps. Now my stomach is feeling off. So you have to be just conscious of every single phase and what you should be eating and not eating. So it's important to be aware that even though you might have the cravings for the desserts and the sugar and kind of like, I'm just going to give in and treat myself on my period. It's important to recognize that that in and of itself might make your period more difficult. And I was watching one of your videos talking about how you were going off of your normal vitamin routine and you felt like you ate a lot of sugar right before your period. And then you got your period and your period was really difficult. So Mm -hmm. how does our period kind of communicate to us how our body is doing and where we're at from a health standpoint? Yeah. So, I mean, there's been this thing also in the natural community where people are being like, periods shouldn't hurt or you shouldn't have all these different issues. But the thing is, it's like the lining of your uterus is shedding. So it is going to be a little bit painful, but you should be listening to all the signs of your period. Like whether that's the smell, the color of the blood, how long it lasts, does it start? And then it stops again. And so for me, I just realized that when I go on my vitamin regimen and when I eat according to the different cycles of like needing more fat at this time, needing less exercise around a certain time of the month, like right before my period, for example, in my luteal phase, uh, my periods just tend to be easier. I don't tend to get as many migraines. I don't, I like, I barely use ibuprofen anymore, but I realized that when I'm off of all of my normal, like eating, exercising, sleeping, I will definitely need ibuprofen. That's a great point because I've really, 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 I've been trying to get off of Advil or any real pain medicine for my period. And I've been using magnesium to kind of help with that. Yes. But there's certain periods that are definitely more difficult than others to the point where it's like, I give in, like, I'll do anything, like make this stop. Yeah. And we should do that for ourselves. I mean, sometimes we're going to need that. You know what I mean? Or sometimes you're traveling and you're like, I'm not traveling with my magnesium and all my things. And it's going to be day two period sitting on a six hour flight. I am taking ibuprofen, but I just don't want to be, because I think for so many years, I mean, for 20 years, I took 
ibuprofen five days a month without thinking about it. And just over time, liver, and you start to read about all these things and none of these drugs are really being produced in a clean way. So how about we have it be plan B and have diet, exercise, and supplements be plan A. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to going into your period the week before that, how how can we really prep ourselves to make for the easiest period possible? Yeah. So before our period, we're going to be going into this phase where we need to balance, right? So if you want to balance the things you should be having really are like some bitter vegetables, you need things that are very high in vitamins. So I like to have celery. You can have things like mustard greens. You might want to have salad like jicama. And um, you don't have to eat all these things for all. Like I love cooking. I'm mentioning lots of vegetables, but you can put them in stews. You can put them in sandwiches. Um, Also, I like a lot of dark fruits during this time. So things like prunes grapes, beets, because like I said, you're going to be craving things that are very sweet Mm -hmm. and you're going to be craving the sugar, but we don't want the acne and we don't want the hormone imbalance. So like, what can we do to counter that? So during our menstruation week, we're taking things a little bit slower, maybe going for long walks, um, satisfying our cravings in a healthy way. And then the week before, is this when we should be having a bit more fiber? Yeah, definitely more fiber. So when you're getting those hormones that are really just spiking, going crazy, I believe it's progesterone, And that's the one that causes constipation in a lot of women. Mm-hmm. Some women feel this, they get very constipated right before their period. Then their period comes and it's like all of a sudden they are on the toilet for the first day. And it's really crazy, but I've found that even taking some magnesium at night, the week before my period will help me have an easier period and also mm. ease that constipation and any other PMS systems, I, PMS symptoms I was having, because also with that hormone fluctuation, the week before my period, I find it very hard to sleep. Mm, oh, absolutely. And it's important to recognize, I think something that's really empowering about understanding these four cycles and even knowing that they exist, it allows you to understand what's going on in your body, which then can make you look at, you know, okay, well, I'm having sleeping issues during this time, or I'm having these kind of cravings, or I am constipated. And you can look at the different symptoms that you're having and kind of look at how you're mistreating each area of your cycle. And that can be almost a fix for you, which can be so freeing. Yeah, for sure. And I know, I mean, we're talking about tracking all these symptoms and it may seem like This is just adding something else to my life. But I think once you start doing it for three months, I mean, I just go into my health app. This is what I was doing before I got the other app. I just go into health and I'm tracking these things and it has all of this. I know people are afraid about information and everything being in the post row era. But I think if you're not doing that and you don't want to, you can also not put in, you know, your period date. There's some information that you can just grab off of these websites and you can take a journal and manually enter. I think it's easier on the app just because when you go to the doctor, mm-hmm. or let's say you're like in a relationship where, you know, you can get pregnant. Like you you want to have this information easily accessible. Yeah, I find it so freeing to even just know around the time when my period is going to come, if I'm planning things, because I personally, when I'm on my period, like I like to be close to a tub. Because I want to be taking a nice hot tub every single night. So I don't want to be out and about and planning all these things and even doing podcasts and, you know, working a lot and working on my career. I have found that it's actually two weeks after my period that I really start to feel excited to do those things. So I want to backtrack a bit so we can stay organized within the four different, I'm going to keep calling them four different cycles within under one cycle. So we've talked about menstruation. 
And that's a great time to move slower with your body. That's probably a great time to take long walks, satisfy those cravings that you have in a nice and healthy way. The week before that, we have the luteinol, and that's when you should eat more fiber as well as start taking some magnesium to prepare for an easier period, even though, you know, no matter what, periods are never going to be completely pain-free. It's not meant to be extremely painful, but shedding anything is painful yeah. inside your body. So let's just remember that. We can make it easier, but we can't make it completely go away. I actually heard of this woman. I was watching a podcast and she was saying that she had an orgasmic birth. What are your thoughts on that? <laughs> you know, I did not have an orgasmic birth, but I did find something really, really interesting when I was nursing is that like your uterus would contract. And you would have an orgasm as your uterus contracted. So as your uterus contracts, you don't know what, it, it's just like when your uterus contracts, when you, um, when you're on your period and then mm-hmm. women, you know, have diarrhea, it's like the women, our bodies are so weird and we still don't understand them. So that, that, yeah, that's one thing that like, I, I could believe that. <laughs> It was a very interesting podcast. I'll have to find it and link it somewhere. So we talked about the luteinol. We talked about menstruation. We talked a little bit about follicular, but let's get into that. So the week before your period, is that also when you're slowing down a bit, you know, walking, slower movements? Yeah. I mean, I love bar and Pilates and I can still do my classes, but Mm -hmm. I find on those weeks where I have less focus before my period, my PMDD really starts to... I would say act up and flare up. I just don't even feel well enough. Like I barely feel like being at the gym. So if the most I can do is do a gentle yoga class or a stretch class, that's what I'm going to do. And sometimes I feel more energetic. Like we're listening to our bodies, right? This is all a blueprint. But if Mm. you're feeling a certain way and then you go into the app or you go into your journal or whatever way you've been tracking and you realize that every month you feel this way and then you work out super hard and it makes your you know, your cravings for like chocolate chip cookies go way up. And you also find that you're not drinking enough water at this time. Like listen to your body and don't do that. (laughs) So that's a really important to note as well, that although these might, although these might be guidelines for the different times of your cycle, it's important to recognize that just being intuitive and really tuning into your own body is the most important thing that you can do. And something that's helped me a lot with that is getting off of birth control. And we could take a little side road down this because I got off birth control close to two years ago now. And I literally feel like I got my personality back when I got off of birth control. What is your opinion on birth control? And what are your thoughts on the effects that it has on women's bodies? And if they should be on it, shouldn't be off it. If, if there's better alternatives, just what are your overall thoughts on birth control? Yeah, I, there's a new, there's a new documentary out on this, but I think it is fantastic for not having children. I do not think it is a cure-all for every single hormonal issue that we go through. I think it's just like taking Prozac when you have a into therapy. Prozac is fantastic. There's a lot of people who need to be on it, but you also need to go to the root cause of everything, right? So everything needs to be looked at at the root. And so that is my opinion on it is that yeah. it's, it's not a cure-all. And when women think it is, it's like diet and lifestyle always comes first for me, for every single thing that we go through, diet, lifestyle, and then mindset. And then we can start to assess what we need and what we don't need according to those things. And if those are in order. Right. And I think that where we might be running into some trouble here is I was 14 or 15 when I got on birth control and it was because I was having difficult cramps and that could have Mm -hmm. been due to so many other things. It could have been stomach issues. It could have been diet. It could have been stress. And instead of looking at those things, it's almost like we put a bandaid over it with a birth control pill. Totally. And for me, it's like, 
you know, I was also on it for a very long time. And, and when I first got on them, I actually had a blood clot and almost lost my leg. So I learned that I could not do anything estrogen. I could only do progestion, but then I didn't like progestion because it made me gain weight. So for me, I just decided to not be on it. Now I'm only dating people with vasectomy. So that's all good. Um, but I don't plan on having any more children, but you know, like I said, it's fantastic. I mean, like it's, it's helped women come such a long way. Mm-hmm. And it's, if you don't want to get pregnant, it's your best option. But it, but it's not a cure all. Yeah, and it's not the only option as well. There are yeah. other other things that you can do. You know, I'm in a very healthy relationship, and we don't use mm-hmm. any t- sort of hormone altering pill or drug or mm-hmm. anything else you can put in the body to not get pregnant. And I haven't had any issues. You know, and we have a very yeah. healthy sex life with no babies. So there are other routes, other alternatives. But I also know that that's not necessarily your specialty. So we'll bring it back to period health. So we've talked about luteinal menstruation, and now we're into the week after our period. How should we be treating our bodies the first seven days after the end of our period? So you're going to start to feel much better. And so you can pretty much get back to your normal every day. And also during this time, a lot of women have much less cravings for sugar. So I would say like really feed into the fact that your body is just moving and processing much quicker than it was for like the past 10 days. So, you know what I mean? Like you can eat things like salads, you can do things like CrossFit. Um, You can take those kickboxing classes. Like you're just going to be feeling better and better every day for the next two weeks. So take advantage of that. Start projects that you can finish during your ovulation phase, for example. Oh, so that's super interesting. So it's almost like, okay, now you're done with your period. It's like you can prepare for things that you can plan for things that you can then really continue to execute on for the next two weeks versus, okay, I know I'm getting my period in three days. Let me start this big project or let me plan this big event. It's almost better to use that week after your period to really set yourself up. And like you said, look forward to feeling better every day. Yeah. I mean, that's when, you know, for me, like I have to write for my, for my blog, for Riff, we talk about period, we talk about sex. So that's the time where I'm like, okay, like for, I did three blog posts in the past few days. Do you know what I mean? And it just is so much easier for me. And if I tried to do it, and this is just me, like I said, I have PMDD. Some women may not feel their cycle, like the way we're talking about right now. Mm -hmm. But I know if I tried to write during that week, I would throw it all away. It wouldn't be as good. And so during that time, I do my busy task. I do my, I do my invoicing. I do everything else that I can do when I'm not feeling as focused. Right. Absolutely. And it's, it's amazing. Like you said, what you can get done when you're feeling good. And that's really the importance of having this knowledge and, and knowing it because whether you are tracking what time of the month it is for you and really acting out of that, or really just bringing more awareness to how you feel in your body and what feels best to act on. It almost allows you to give yourself the space to, okay, I'm not feeling a hundred percent. Maybe I'm meant to take care of myself. Maybe I slow Mm -hmm. down a bit here. And it's, it's funny how sometimes as, as women, we feel like we need that excuse to, you know, lay in bed and watch our favorite movie and slow down and not go, 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 go. But it truly is what our body needs. And do you find that the difference between men and women with us having a 28 to 30 day cycle and men having a 24 hour cycle, how does that really differ in how we function on the day to day? Do you know what I feel? This is just a personal opinion is the difference between, uh, you know, the testosterone and men's cycle and the women's cycle with all of our different hormones is that I feel like I, we might go through like a forgetting, right? Where every month it seems like we have that, that great ovulation. 
We have that great feeling right after our period. And so then when it comes, it's like we somehow forget everything that just happened. And last month we were feeling, feeling super shitty, you know, constipated, bloated, all that. But men's cycle is so quick that it's just yeah. so normal for them. And also all these outside factors can affect our cycle. So I feel like that's really the biggest difference is that um, there's so much more that can affect women, right? Whether it's childbirth or birth control, the products that we use every single day, the foods yeah. that we're eating. And because men's cycle is so quick, their body doesn't have that. I mean, their body just has a very, um, a quick cycle and the memory is just different, right? Yeah. It's totally different. And as you said, there's just been so much more studying and there's so much more information on, on men's bodies and how theirs functions. And I think for a while, women's bodies and women's products and women's routines have been kind of based around the studies done on men. Mm -hmm. So it's such a beautiful thing that companies like your company and awareness through videos on TikTok or YouTube or whatever it might be is truly bringing more awareness to how women's bodies function, which is, it's, it's a great thing finally happening. So I want to wrap up these four different parts of our cycle because now we get into the ovulation period. So we had the week before our period, we're slowing down a little bit. We're preparing our bodies for the period. We're getting almost ready to slow down. We're not expecting too much of ourselves. Uh, we're prepping our body. We are maintaining the healthy diet. That's going to allow us to feel our best on our period. Through the period, we definitely slow down a lot, long walks and stretches, satisfying our cravings in a healthy way. And then it's the week after the period. That's when we start to feel better and can start to plan for being superwoman, getting done what we need to get done. And then it's that week of ovulation. So this is two weeks after the period. What's that week like? Is this really when we're peaking and how can we really make the most out of it? Yeah. It's when most people actually feel like they're peaking. So you can eat foods that are very dark green. So I love kelp. I love kale. Um, you can eat things that are high in fat. So for me, that's going to be, you know, when I'm having like a lot of my, my salad dressing and I'm usually craving it at this time and I make it with like lots of olive oil. And I also have like olive top and on all these things, right. Having lots of avocado during this time. I'm also having uh, lots of citrus during this time because vitamin C is really good for you during your ovulation. So I feel like during this time, you're probably going to be feeling your best. So you can really get out there. Like if you try to get 10,000 steps a day, like this might be a day where I take 12,000 steps and I also do my class and I'm also, you know what I mean? I'm very yes. energetic. And then if you're in a relationship, I'm not having sex right now. It's a story for another day, but you know what I mean? Like you're you're initiating, like you're feeling all of these things. So take advantage of that. I love that. And it's, it's awesome how that through the awareness of we do peak, we do have a week where we feel extra good. It can be a great time to really push yourself. And how do you find that you're able to manage, you know, have it be your business or time with friends or your plans? How do you really make the most out of this time and, and plan for it? I feel like I'm the most social during my ovulation phase. So that's all I'll say. Like this week, for example, it's like I'm going to four in-person events and you know, doing all the yeah. things that I want to do. So I would say if you can, or if you want to uh, take this ovulation time to be social and let your partner know, do you know what I mean? Like, babe, I'm feeling great this week. I'm feeling sexy this week and let them go along with that. Like I know, you know, when I used to be in a relationship and we were living together, I would tell my partners when I was in a certain phase because I was tracking yeah. my phases then with my cervix and all these other ways that I was tracking. 
um, so that they would know, like, this is when I'm going to be feeling best. This is when, like, if you initiate, I'm probably never going to say no. I think it, it really does help. It's, it's yeah. part of the communication also to let your partner know about your phases. Absolutely. And I know that part of your interest in addition to period health and women's health is also sex and sex toys and, you know, making the most out of being a female in this, in the sex world and with your own sex life. So talk a little bit about that. Where does your interest really stem from and how, how has it grown? Just what do you know? What can you share with the audience about, you know, really taking your sex life to the next level? Yeah. So, so with Riff Care, so we make period products, but we also have a CBD lubricant and I made the CBD lubricant after I had my daughter, because I mean, women don't know this, but a lot of times after you have a child, your vagina goes through so much trauma. And I luckily didn't have any tears or rips, but I had extremely painful sex after, after I had my daughter. So I started using a CBD lubricant and I didn't really like the ingredients in it. It was kind of like burned. And so my dad had, uh, an edible business at the time, he started making me my own THC and CBD butter, which I started using. So I was just giving this to my friends for years. I never thought about selling it. And then last July, when I had the idea to start Riff, I went to farmer's markets and started selling it. It started selling online. It was kind of moving slow, but then I'd go to more markets and I'd be like, wow, I sold like 10 or 15 of these bottles today. And then women are going back online and repurchasing it and their friends are purchasing it. Um, So there's definitely a lot to be said just about knowing what you need, right? Mm -hmm. I think that's the same thing with sex. And right now I'm going through a period of my life where it's just not happening because I know what I need is to focus on my business. But I think sexual energy is such a huge part of our lives. And I don't know why, but I'm feeling like in my thirties, there's probably more sexual energy than ever. And just also, you know what I mean? Sexual energy, but also you've gone to therapy and you don't... (laughs) you don't want to put yourself out there like you have in your twenties, like things just change. Right. But the desire is still there. And so I also talk a lot on our blog about self-pleasure because that's a whole another topic that people are not comfortable with at all. Yeah. More people masturbate than run. Do you know what I mean? And like, it's just not common. So I'm like, if I can talk about it on, on every chance that I get, because as much as I'd love to talk about sex, it's just kind of dry in that area right now, as I'm going through like I don't know, quasi celibacy. I don't know. What is it? What is it when you've had sex like 10 times in the past two years? Um, Newborn. You're a born again virgin in a sense. Oh, (laughs) Lord Jesus. (laughs) Maybe maybe not to that extent. (laughs) Almost feels like that. Um, But how can we talk about self-pleasure in a way that, you know, it makes it, makes women uh, more aware of their bodies. I think Mm. body awareness, self-awareness, and also pleasure awareness is extremely important. And it's not talked about enough. I feel like my friends are out here having mediocre sex and I'm like, this is just not, this is not what we want to do. So if we can talk about it openly, I don't know how to talk about that on TikTok as much yet. Mm -hmm. Um, But if we can talk about it in any way to kind of, you know, take away the myths of, the orgasm gap or anything else that's going on or self-pleasure or pain during sex or lubrication, which we love talking about. Mm -hmm. Um, It could just help women be more in their bodies. When it comes to, you know, you're in a stage right now where you're really focusing on yourself. You're not really interested in having sex with other people. So this self-pleasure. I'm interested. It's just unfortunately not happening. It's just not, you are so stunning. (laughs) I'm shocked. Well, no, I mean, I'm dating, but I just, I guess I'm choosing to not have that be part of my dating life for so Mm. long. I think sex was such a big part of my dating life. And, and right now I'm like, oh, you're just gonna have to like get my personality over my pussy because it's not happening. It's It's like, kind of like where I'm going through. It's probably some, on some level, you know, like a self-love journey of just knowing what you're worthy of and knowing like what kind of energy you want to take on yourself 
Do you feel like it's been that kind of journey for you of just really like, I'm focused on me right now? Oh, for sure. It's the energy because the, like the opportunity is there, but I, yeah, you know, I think when I first got single, it's like I shared energy with someone and I, I was like, I didn't like that energy exchange, mm. although I loved the physical experience. And I was like, oh, I don't want that to happen again. Like I, I remember after that ended, I'm such a Capricorn. I went to my calendar and I was like, I wasted approximately 300 hours with this person and I will never get those 300 hours back. And then I, was I like, love mm-hmm. Capricorns. All my best friends are Capricorns. I'm a Virgo. So I work very well with oh, Capricorns. Yes. Yes. But I literally was like, I could have been doing so much with the, with that energy. And so I think every everybody has to assess that. And yeah. for some people, they get energy doing that. But I think for most women, especially because, you know, our, our hormone, our hormone cycles are different and our, our makeup is different. Um, the whole cycle of like getting attached to someone through sex is very real. Mm. And so I also talk about that a lot on our blog as well. And self-love over, um, over temporary feelings. So mm. I've, I talked about it on a few of our blog posts, but that's, that's pretty much the summary of the sex life right now. <laughs> How important is the awareness that sex is an energy exchange and that when you do take part in sex with someone, it's so much more than just the the physical aspects going on, but there is an emotional energy being exchanged between two people. Yeah. Uh, so I think sexual energy is like the number one thing we should talk about. I always tell people, you know, if you don't know if this person would bail you out of jail, like, why would you share your sexual energy with them? Like, I don't know this person well enough to like, if I was trapped in the middle of somewhere where they come help me, then why am I sharing the most important part of myself with them, Mm -hmm. which is the only physical body that I have. So I'm just trying to be more mindful in that. And like, obviously have not been perfect, but I think that's the reason why the sexual exchanges and energy just have not been going for the past year and a half, because I really have not found that. Yeah. And when I have, it's been beautiful, you know, like when I dated someone and I felt like we mutually respected each other and I was getting what I needed emotionally from this person, then it was beautiful. But I think, you know, outside of that, it's, it's just not been worth it truly. Yeah. You have a new level of just awareness within yourself and what you deserve and what you want and what you're open to receiving for yourself as well. And you talk a lot about the the shift and the changes of your thirties and how do you feel almost society portrays turning 30 and what it's like to be 30 and what the real experience has been for you as a thriving, healthy 30 something year old. Yeah. Well, I think that a lot of people are definitely like they're, they're breaking down, right? They didn't take care of themselves. They stopped exercising when PE ended in high school. But I think if you're taking care of yourself, there's no reason to be afraid of aging. And there's been so many things in biotech where people are working on aging, but really, like I said, and I will keep coming back to diet and lifestyle is number one. In your thirties, you can definitely feel like you're still 17. Like sometimes my daughter, she's in gymnastics and I'll try a move or I'll try to go into the splits. And I'm like, as long as I can still do a toe touch, a splits and a front handspring, I will know that I'm still young. Do you know what I mean? And I'm, a, I mean, I'm 31 and I have a, a daughter who's seven and a half. So like I had a baby super young. So your body does go through traumas in your twenties. Mm-hmm. It goes through traumas in your thirties, but it's really about diet and lifestyle. Number one, everything else will, will follow. Absolutely. So something else I wanted to talk about is your company, Riff. To bring me through the journey of that, what really made you want to start this company? Where did the name come from? And what's the overall mission? Yeah. So Riff stands for Regenerative International Female. So we officially launched and started shipping orders in June of this year. Um, And I just, I saw a lack of materials innovation in period care. So there's cotton and plastic. This is like 
you know, 99.9% of the industry. Um, but after COVID, there was so much PPE that was used for masks. And now that they're in the war, you know, there's plastic, gasoline, and plastic and gasoline, you guys are made out of the same things, petrol-based. So there's just problems in the supply chain. And I was like, look, these big companies are not going to innovate on this. And also there's this opportunity now with regenerative companies. And regenerative just means that you are making something that is making the earth better than before you found it, which is what hemp does. So we mix our hemp with regenerative organic cotton, makes our top sheet. It is the most comfortable pad you will ever wear. It literally feels like you're wearing silk underwear. Like I tested these things, all the prototypes, like we tried mixing hemp with silk, hemp with wool, hemp with cotton, hemp with viscose. This was the best blend that we got. So they're extremely comfortable. They're really absorbent. They're going to be even better as we go on. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. just in the materials that we're using, they're biodegradable now, but we're like, how can we make them biodegrade quicker? How can we make them more absorbent? How can we make them uh, more affordable? So mm. yeah, the, the thesis of the company is really hormone health. And I think when you are using better products, you're, you're feeling better and your hormones are, are better. And they're clean. Everything you're selling is clean, right? This CBD lubricant you're selling, there's no sketchy, plastic, un- readable ingredient in there, right? Yeah. Everything is natural. It's like our dropper is like, has a plastic cap on the outside. But besides that, I'm like, everything is super legit. Everything is hundred percent plant-based. Is it like the cleanest pad you could possibly use? Yes. On the market. I I believe so. And I know so. (laughs) I will absolutely be purchasing some after that. So you talk about, and I saw a video of this, of how important hormone health is and how it's tied to even the products that we're using, can you walk me through how someone could become more aware of their own hormone health and what changes they could make in their life to improve that? Yeah, for sure. I think, you know, I'm not perfect. I still refill plastic bottles. I still have some polyester. Do you know what I mean? I still wear some sports bras that I'm like, oh, these probably have PFAs sprayed on them. But in general, I think that everybody should be looking to use natural fibers and natural materials and avoid as much plastic as possible. And if you can, and if you can afford to, do not have pesticides in your body. Pesticides are the number one, and they're actually on a lot of period care. Um, Cotton takes up a quarter of the pesticides in the entire world, which a lot of people don't know. It's a shocking figure. Um, But if you're sitting on that five days a month or you're wearing it all the time, so we just need to be more conscious and it's really just slowing down consumer behavior. I think a lot of times we just pick things up because it's affordable or because it's trendier because the packaging is cute. But if you don't understand the ingredients, your body won't either. So we just need to do deep dives and like realize where you want to compromise, you know, like maybe when you go to the gym and you forget your water bottle, you will buy a plastic water bottle, but is that going to be the norm or is that going to be something that happens every once in a while. Like for me, I love aloe yoga. I barely buy any of their stuff, but in general, I'll do cotton workout clothes or hemp workout clothes. And then if something is really cute from aloe, like I will buy it, but it's just not going to be my norm. I know it's not the best. So you talk about cotton workout clothes and I'm writing this down because this is entirely new to me. So we even have to be aware of the kind of sports bras that we're wearing and leggings that we're wearing because there might be plastics in there that can then seep into your skin. Oh, no, they're, they're actually 100% made out of plastic. So when you're wearing these sports bras, they're nylon and the polyester and all these different materials. They are fibers based off based from petrol, petrol-based fibers, just like plastic. And the thing about these as well is that they don't breathe, right? So they feel very stretchy, but with hemp, for example, it opens 
four ways. It opens top to bottom, and then the fibers also open side to side. And with nylon and polyester, the fibers don't open. So it tracks bacteria. And also when it gets sprayed with these flame retardants, it gets sprayed with these PFAs, it gets sprayed with the BPA, like these things stay in the fiber forever. And your body is the most absorbent thing, especially when you start to sweat because your body's perspiring, your pores are open and it's soaking in all of that. And this is data that we're just getting. We don't even know what this stuff is doing yet. We just know that if you wear, you know, Lululemon and you take a run, your blood will have plastics in them, nanoplastics. <laughs> it's so sketchy, isn't it? Like, do you think that we'll get to a place, have it be 20 years from now, have it be a hundred years from now where all of these things are just out of our foods and our clothing, or will we truly always be living in a world where people only care about making money? So it doesn't matter, you know, if plastics are getting into our bloodstreams or we're feeding people poison. Do you think that we'll get to a place where these things truly just get outlawed? I don't know. I mean, it's really consumer purchasing behavior. Obviously companies need to make things that are better, but at the end of the day, if a store is making 500 fur coats and only 100 people buy them next year, they're only going to make 100 fur coats. So that is the change that needs to be made. And this is education that can be, you know, set on YouTube and TikTok and Instagram, people like us sharing this information, but it really, it does come down to what consumers are willing to buy and what they're willing to pay for. So we all need to make better decisions and companies need to just start making better products, but the shitty ones, we just need to stop buying. Absolutely. And that's where making a fantastic choice for yourself helps your own health, but also potentially the future. Yes. And then also the planet. I mean, all these, Mm -hmm. all these things that they're making are just, you know, single use things. They're going into the dump. We're using them once we're enjoying them for very short periods of time. And then they're out of fashion or we've already used them. They're discarded now. And, and that's also a behavior that's going to have to change. Yeah, no, absolutely. I am so grateful that I stumbled across your video. I'm so grateful that I've tapped into some of your knowledge. You have so much gold to share with people. And I'm really grateful that you were so open to doing this and sharing all this information here. Is there anything else that you really just want to get across to the listeners? Anything that you just think is really important that for them to know, maybe as a summary or something that's just important to you? Yeah. Uh, one thing is I'm not an expert. Do your own research. This is all new to me because I yeah. started a period care company. So we're all learning. I might've said things or like I messed up a word or I messed up what hormone does what thing. So go and do your own research and learn about your own body. Don't expect people to do the work because let me just tell you right now, they are not investing millions of dollars into studying women's hormones. And maybe that'll change in the next few years of this big white space that's also opening for new business opportunity, whether it's in Western medicines and birth control or in natural remedies, there's going to be a lot of opportunity in this space. So that's, that's what we should be looking at. Um, You know, what can we do for ourselves and what we can learn about ourselves? Yeah. And again, and that's a huge theme on this podcast for me is just expanding people's awareness so that they can take the little bits that are important to them and run with it. I love how you say that no one's going to do the work for you. It's your body and you really have to care with it for it. And I think that's a, a great note to end on. So if anyone wants to check into your company, your content, everything you're doing, where can they find you? Give yourself all the, all the shout outs here. I want the website, the, the handles, give us everything we need to know. Yeah. So my personal Instagram and TikTok are at Malibu Mama underscore underscore Riff Care on Instagram and TikTok. It's just R-I-F-C-A-R-E. The website's R-I-F-C-A-R-E.com. And you can also find us on Amazon at amazon.com slash Riff Care. 
Amazon.com slash R-I-F-C-A-R-E. Perfect. Awesome. This has been so fantastic. I've really loved talking with you and learning from you. You're so wise. And I'm just really grateful that we were able to connect. Thank you so much for coming on. And I look forward to continue watching everything you're doing. And I will be buying some pads after this episode. So look out for my order. (laughs) Thank you.